Turn in your Bibles to the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter number 4. Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 6 through 11. Message today is rebound, inbounds, and out of bounds. Paul writes, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Paul's going to be a guy, once I get to heaven, that I'm going to be interested in meeting. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. If you are longing for the return of the Lord Jesus, when he returns, that will be a crown that you will receive. If you are a soul winner. The Bible tells us you will receive a soul winner's crown. Well, I go to a church that wins people to Jesus. No. This is an individual thing here. You need to win people to Jesus yourself. Thank God you come to this church. But uh, that's just like, well, the church passes out a lot of CDs. Well, do you pass out any CDs? Hello. Hello. Do thy diligence to come to me shortly, for Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. Crescens to Galatia, and Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with, with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Father, we're praying, God, that this would be a message that's going to penetrate into the heart of every person here. And I am believing, God, it's going to be helpful. In Jesus' name, amen. I need, uh, I need Darren Greenwalt to come and help me today. Here we have got a Illinois certified referee in the state of this fair state. And he has been called every name under the book and in the book. And uh, <clears throat> Bo Bear already said that if he screams out, it's just by force of habit. <laughs> I need, um, well, let's just, we'll, we'll keep it, uh, we'll keep it Sisney today. Uh, Layton, come and help me. Travis, come and help me. <clears throat> and I've been asked that if I'm going to be the one dunking the ball. And my response has been, do you see a trampoline anywhere <laughs> underneath here? Although, I can do tricks. Huh? Well, I used, to be able to do tr I used to be able to do tricks. There we go. All right. I also, yeah, who thought of this? Uh, Kitty's got her Rickenbacker, Rickenbacker, whatever thing it is. She already got it hid. Uh, okay, all right, all right. Uh, Carlin, come here and stand so you can uh, block this stuff right here. All right, somebody's going to try to make a basket. If they don't make it, they're going to try to rebound, and none of this has been rehearsed. So are you guys ready at all? Huh? I guess. Huh? 
Well, there's the whatever. Now, <clears throat> the rim's that way, so you're going to have to guard him. <laughs> what else can... Here, let me get over here. All right. All right, go for it. Try again. Get in close. Don't be shooting no threes. Get in close. <laughs> Rebound. Come on, Travis. Man, you're weak. Come on. You're. Yeah, I should. Huh? Here, let me show you how to do it. Huh? Come on. No, now you get back. You get back. Here, here, here. Here, here. Come on. All right. Thanks, guys. All right, rebound, inbounds, and out of bounds. Thanks, Darren. That's my sermon. You got it. Right there it is. That's good. Thank you. In 1945, three rookies began preaching. They were Billy Graham, 27 years of age. Chuck Templeton, 27 years of age. And Ron Clifford, 25 years of age. Time Magazine said this about Chuck Templeton. He is the most talented man in America. He was referred to in that article as the Babe Ruth of preaching. Ron Clifford drew thousands at every college that he would go to to speak. Hollywood came knocking at Ron Clifford's door. They wanted him to be the starring role, albeit he had never been in any kind of movie whatsoever, but because of the charisma that he had, they figured he would translate into millions of dollars for the companies. They offered him the lead role in The Robe, which Richard Burton wound up and took. These men, of the three, Billy Graham was the low man on the totem pole, as far as Time Magazine was concerned. All three of these men suffered setbacks in their life. All three of these men shot and missed. But only one of the three done any rebounding in his life. Chuck Templeton lost his faith due to intellectual doubts. And he got hooked up with the International Council of Churches, a liberal, liberal group. And Chuck Templeton eventually became an atheist. He didn't rebound. 
Ron Clifford's baby was born with Down syndrome. Ron Clifford was found in a New Mexico hotel at 35 years of age, and he had drank himself to death. The autopsy showed that he had cirrhosis of the liver. Ron didn't rebound. Billy Graham in his life had setback after setback, setback after setback, the difference being Billy Graham rebounded. If you think that you're going to live your life and make every shot, you got nothing coming. And young people, right now, everything may be going great and grandiose in your life, and you never see a dark time and a bad time. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but I'm telling you, I am the mayor of Realville. And the mayor of Realville says, there will come a time in your life when it don't work out just right. And what will separate you from most is whether or not you're willing to rebound. Amen. Rebound. Billy Graham rebounded. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I've kept the faith. Paul could have said, I have rebounded within my life. Billy Graham was able to make the statement, I have rebounded. Demas couldn't say that. Demas' idea was, I'm going to be able to hang out with Paul and go to all these meetings, and I'll be able to sell CDs to the good-looking girls, and when they got thrown in prison, he said, this is not what I signed up for. And he left, and he went back home. The opportunity... To rebound. If you miss and fail and think my life is over with, that story is not the full story. The story is you've got to get up and rebound. Job's wife is one of the most pathetic people in the Bible. And I look at her and think, lady, you missed the opportunity. It was right before you. Instead of saying, well, husband, just curse God and die. She could have encouraged her husband. And then every Mother's Day, instead of people berating her, then every Mother's Day, people would have been holding her up as the classic example of a Christian modeled woman within, within a, a family. But instead, she is not because she missed the opportunity. She didn't rebound. Things went bad and she groveled in the dirt. She didn't rebound. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Thank God for people that rebound. Because, ladies, let me just point it out to you. God's going to get the last laugh, ladies. Job's wife wasn't willing to rebound. They lost 10 kids. Guess what? She had to go through 90 more months of pregnancy in her life. And God's saying, lady, I'm going to get the last laugh here. You're going to have to go through that pickles and ice cream and all that. A whole lot more times. 
God's going to get the last word. In the book of Hosea, chapter 5, verse 3 and 4, Bible talks about Ephraim and says, I know Ephraim. I know that Ephraim commits whoredoms. And here's what he says. Ephraim will not frame their doings. Ephraim does what it wants to do. And nobody had as good a start as Ephraim. Ephraim's dad was Joseph, the best dad in the whole world. Ephraim's granddad was Jacob, the best grandpa in the whole world. Ephraim had every advantage. Jacob placed a blessing upon the life of Ephraim that he did not do to any other of his grandkids. And how does Ephraim go from that to Ephraim will not frame their doings? Ephraim is committed whoredoms. Ephraim will not live in bounds. If you got the idea and think that I'll live any way that I want to live and God will bless me, you are confused. You can live any way you want to live and God will love you. That is correct. That is correct. That is correct. But if you think you can live just like you want to live and then God's blessing will just somehow be magically bestowed upon you, it ain't going to happen. Again, I may be the bearer of bad news today, but I don't want you to live your life deceived. Furthermore, there are people that I know and that you know that they don't want to live their life in bounds and then when something does happen, they want to come to the preacher and say, fix it in five minutes. Again with the basketball and the basketball game. Here's the deal, people. It does not work in a game of basketball. It does not work to where the basketball goes out into the crowd and the players run out there and grab it and grab it and start playing again. It don't work that way. No. What happens? We all know what happens. That's what happens. There are boundaries. There are rules of the game. There are rules of the road. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that camp over here that we use at Johnsonville, there's a stop sign that's there that it is the most asinine place for a stop sign in all of the county <laughs> and when I come up on that every time I've seen a cop around there I've slowed right down and stopped <laughs> but otherwise I just kind of look <laughs> but here's what happens we want to do that in driving so when it's 55, we want to go 69, like some people. I don't. I don't do that. That's right. <laughs> people say I drive like a grandpa. 
Well, I know some grandpas that drive crazy. But people want to do that in the rules of the road, do whatever they want to do, and then when the cop pulls them over, it's like, no, no, I did stop. No, you didn't stop. You went right on through that. No, I did stop. Well, that's the same thing. Well, I'll tell you what, if the cop got his nightstick out and started hitting you on the head, and he said, We'd stop, you need to stop, he goes, no, I'm just going slow. I'm slowly doing this, and it's the same thing. You wouldn't think that's the same thing. Well, we don't want to listen to the cop. That translates in. We don't want to listen to the teacher at school. And that translates in. We don't want to listen to the preacher at, at the church. We don't listen, want to listen to mom and dad at home. And we're just going to do our own thing. And we're not going to have any boundaries in life and think that everything's going to work out. It will not. It will not. Ephraim refused to live in bounds. I'll live outside of the boundaries and everything will be okay. Doesn't work at basketball. It doesn't work in your life. America today is in a mess because we want to live out of bounds. We are currently $16 trillion in debt. You know what that is? Not living in any boundaries. That's right. It's like young people that want what mom and dad's got, and it took mom and dad 38 years to get there, and young people get married, and they want it in 38 days. That's right. And, and to do that, they've got to live out of bounds for that to happen. Politicians today trying to legalize same-sex marriage. Out of bounds is what God says. We have got the Supreme Court has just ruled as of last week that you can lie about being in the military and that's okay. God says lying is not okay. The Supreme Court has said that that is there's no boundaries there. You can lie about it. And this, I might add, here's a wrinkle in that. It is against the law to impersonate a cop, but you're telling me it's all right to impersonate a soldier. That's flat out wrong. Flat out wrong. And there the Supreme Court will say you can live like that and that's all right, but God says out of bounds. Out of bounds. And I've noticed this about people. People that constantly, people that constantly live their life out of bounds. You know what happens? When they, when they went out of bounds, the other team then gets the ball. And that means they're now on defense. And I've noticed some people, they've lived their whole life on defense. And you have too. Boy, you say, boy, that guy, it's just like he never catches a break. Like it never, nothing ever works out good for him. Chances are he's living on defense. Because he went out of bounds a hundred million times and still ain't got a clue. I know that's bad English, but that's good preaching. <laughs> Couples want to live with each other before marriage. God says, that's out of bounds. Out of bounds. If you want success, I can tell you where to find it. Go to the book of Psalms, chapter 1, verse 1. There you can have success in your life if you follow what that word says. 
I'm going to go there real quick. Psalms 1. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. First we're walking. Nor stands in the way of sinners. Now we're just standing around with them. Or sits in the seat of the scornful. Now we're at McDonald's with them. Gossiping. It goes from walking to standing to sitting. God says, this is what happens. The delight, your delight is the law of the Lord. And in that law, you meditate day and night. You'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. And and his leaf shall not wither. And whatsoever he does, it shall prosper. That's success for a person. Let me tell you success for a nation. And you all know this. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Verse number, anybody? 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Stay in bounds. Because when you stay in bounds, there's freedom. If you do not, you stay in bonds and there's slavery. That train, as long as it stays on them tracks, it's got the freedom just to go and do what it was intended to do. But the moment the train says, I'm sick of this, I want to do my own thing, and it gets off the tracks, there is a catastrophe that will happen. Preacher, I'm tired of rules. So was Ephraim. Preacher, I'm tired of rules. So was Demas. They didn't want to stay in bounds. They wanted to do their own thing. Orchardville Church, as a church, I feel, is really totally in bounds. And I say it on this note. Because the deacons don't try to tell the preacher what to preach. You mark that down. Any church that's growing and doing something in the kingdom of God, you can mark it down. They do not have a deacon board telling the preacher what he's going to preach. They do not have what he's going to preach coming down from headquarters. Nobody tells me what I'm going to preach. And for years, I kept a total secret what I was going to preach. And when people ask me what I was preaching on, I always said I'm preaching on the platform. (laughs) That's kind of like my toothpick trick. And for those that haven't seen it, my wife's seen that a thousand times and she hates my toothpick trick. But uh, that's kind of like that joke. She's heard that a thousand times. No, I don't own anything in this church. Nothing. Nothing. I don't even own my room back there because that could all be subject to change next week. I've been moved eight different times in eight different rooms down through the years. Whatever the church needs, that's all right. If that's what you need, all right. Right here. There's a brown piece of duct tape right there, and there's a brown piece of duct tape here. 
and it goes to the edge of this, and then it comes out here, and it goes over here, and it comes back here, and then there's a brown piece of duct tape there, and there's a brown piece of duct tape right here. That what I've just laid out, that's mine. In the whole church building. This is mine. I loan this out. I loan it out to Cardin Loker from time to time, to Shelly Clark from time to time, uh, Justine Loker from time to time, my wife from time to time, George preaches up here from time to time. But in the whole church, this is mine right here. Some people visit Orchardville Church and leave mad. And the reason why is because there are boundaries here. I don't like within this sanctuary having babies crying. Well, I was in another church where the babies just screamed and screamed and screamed and screamed. Yeah, what did the preacher preach? You don't know, do you? I believe in authority and so did Jesus. Years ago, a guy came up to me and said, Preacher, I got a word from God for this church. I said, I don't know who you are. He said, that don't matter. And I said, I got a word from God for you. Go sit down. Amen. And he ain't been back. And we've been all the blessed for it. See, there are some people that don't want any boundaries whatsoever. Even when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit, they don't want any kind of boundary, any kind of guardrail. God said, and therefore it must be. You're the same person that believes everything you read on the Internet, too. You know, just because somebody says God said, and then they said Hyundai, Shandai, Bowtie, that don't mean it's, it's the right deal. How many golfers do we have here? Come on, you could admit it. I won't make fun of you. All right, we got some golfers. Paul was a golfer. He said, I finished my course. Hey, isn't that a good? Huh? I played golf twice. And I seen that those people that owned that golf course was prejudiced against me. They never mowed where my ball always went. So I said I ain't playing no more. And if a golf course has got boundaries, and if a basketball court has boundaries, your life should have boundaries for it to work out. Mm-hmm. In Hosea chapter 5, listen to these words. Verse 11, Ephraim is oppressed and broken in judgment because he willingly walked after his own commandment. See, when what you think is more important than what God's word says, you're deceived. You're deceived. That's stinking thinking is what that is. You're deceived. God says, Therefore, I will be like Ephraim as a moth. As a moth. If my wife would go to the closet 
And there she found the mink coat, and it was totally eaten up with moss. She would know one thing. Hey, this ain't my closet, because she don't have no mink coat. <laughs> uh, it ain't like the moths show up day number one, and they just eat everything, deteriorate everything over in, 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 a, in a day's time. No. You all know it don't happen that way. God said, for because Ephraim would not set a boundary in his life, I will be like a moth. And what's happened, this is cause and effect. If you will not set up the boundary that is required by God's word in your own life, you'll be eaten up little by little. Eaten up little by little, little by little, little by little, little by little. Not overnight, but over time. Eaten up by a moth of jealousy. Eaten up by a moth of hatred. Eaten up by a moth of bitterness. If you refuse to stay in bounds, you will be eaten up. Not today, not tomorrow, not next week, but eventually. And Hosea says in chapter 5, verse number 14, the lion will tear into Ephraim, and then that lion will walk away. Why? Because Ephraim refused to stay in bounds. There's hope in this. In Hosea chapter 11, verse 8, God said, I cannot give Ephraim up. And God goes after Ephraim. And Ephraim says in chapter 14, I will stay away from idols. I have heard and seen my God, and now I am bearing forth fruit. I mean, he's heard the term framework. Nobody. Gosh. See, when you say, well, you know, the preacher, he just don't preach really that good. And, you know, he used to really preach better and used to be, it used to be you was more excited about hearing me preach. If you'd respond every now and then, well, that's just not how I am. I bet you would be if I put a tack under your seat, you'd respond. <laughs> Stay within the frame, and God can paint a wonderful work of art out of your life. Amen. But you need to stay in the framework. You don't just do your own thing. Next time you go to a basketball game, and you will this fall, you think about this sermon and think, well, you know, I'll be. They do have to stay in bounds. They don't just get to do whatever they want to do. There is the referee calling the shot. And, you know, we don't like the referee, but, man, if it wasn't the referee, it'd be utter chaos. Rebound, inbounds, out of bounds. Let's all stand. Lord, we're thankful, dear God, at the end of the day for your great grace. Just as you said to, about Ephraim, I cannot give Ephraim up. God was saying, I remembered when Ephraim was born. 
I remember when Ephraim was learning how to walk. I remember changing Ephraim's diapers. I remember Ephraim in that high chair. I remember Ephraim first day of school. I remember Ephraim sitting on my lap. I remember Ephraim wanting to hear a bedtime story. I remember Ephraim learning how to ride a bike. And God said, I can't give Ephraim up. There may be some parents out here today that you're thinking about the same type of thought. Maybe my boy or my girl's not doing what they need to be doing. Maybe they are living outside the framework. But you know, the heart of God says, I cannot give them up. I cannot give my little boy up. I cannot give my little girl up. Believing that God will bring them back and they'll live within the bounds of what God has for them. God, for someone here today, they're living outside the boundaries of what salvation is. We ask and pray, Lord, that by your Holy Spirit that you would dive into them with this word and they would know that today they can live in bounds by receiving Jesus as Savior in their life and start having that framework within their life. In your name, Lord Jesus, we ask and pray. Amen. I've already said it's either in bounds or in bonds. I've used this before and didn't think about it till right now. A red funnel. I bought the biggest red funnel I could find one time, used that in a sermon, and talked about the difference between myself and my brother. And it's not to, de to degrade my brother, this is just a fact. And he would tell you this was a fact. His life is like that funnel. He did whatever he wanted to do. Dad wasn't telling him, and Mom wasn't telling him, and Big Brother wasn't telling him. I'm going to do what I want to do. And he was living life footloose and fancy free. And the longer his life went, the more confining his life got to where now he's looking over his shoulder all the time wondering just where are the cops wondering am I going to get caught tonight until eventually he was caught and that life that went from being nobody telling me to where now he's in a federal pen he lives in a little cell and his guards tell him when to get up and when to go to bed. This is a guy that nobody was telling him nothing. What to eat, what to wear, what to do. Ain't nobody telling me nothing. And now he's told every move to make. Turn that funnel upside down. 
That's me. I was saved right before I turned the age of 16. And I started hearing about being in bounds. But there were certain things that God required of me. And I remember thinking, that seems kind of tight. That's kind of restricting what I really would like to do. But you know, the longer I was in that thing, the more fulfilled. I remember the enemy telling me that night I was saved. You get saved, you won't have any friends. He is a liar. I've made friends from other country and from sea to shining sea and from border to border. He is a liar. And my life has went from me thinking that's kind of, kind of constricting to where it's just opened up more and more and life, and life abundantly. This framework that God gives us, it's not to constrict us, it's for us to be all that we can be. Hallelujah to that, all that we can be. Come on, if you're here today, you need to rebound, come to these altars. If you're here today and you need to make that vow to God, Lord, help me to stay in bounds in my life, you need to be at this altar. Don't tell me. Don't tell me I preached this message in vain. Surely there's somebody here that can get some use out of this. Come on as they sing. Oh, heart of God, why must you stray from what's so fair? You've run away and one more time Church, I'll say this every time I need to say it, and if I gotta say it every service, I'll say it every service. Don't let people pray with themselves, please, for heaven's sake, don't let people pray with themselves. You see a couple up here? Come pray with that couple. Come on.
It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.